0: So today in this episode of Luco Discusses, I am joined by Christopher Fisher, founder and CEO of Aztec Farms, Manchester's first hydroponic vertical farm, the new mode for more localised and sustainable agricultural practices. Their mission consisting of three elements, construction of a pilot site to grow microgreens and leaf vegetables for customers, to supply restaurants, chefs, independent supermarkets and local farmers markets with a variety of products and to design a bespoke growing system for off-world exploration and colonisation. So Christopher, thank you for joining me. Hi Luke, thanks for having me on. Okay, Uh, so how do you see yourself and Aztec Farms completing these missions and within what time frame?
1: Yeah, so so, so essentially, um, Aztec Farms is still a, a relatively new startup in the in the vertical farming space here in the UK. Um, so we've we were founded uh, in January of 2021, and what we're doing right now. So we, we have our first site, which is the the pilot site right now, currently located uh, in Manchester. Uh, we have all of our R and D going on there right now uh, with what we can do hydroponically, uh, and our biggest customers and what we're working with right now is. Chefs in the local community. So over the last few uh, weeks and months, we've, we've been going out, getting in contact with them, and just just sort of getting the feedback on on, on who we are and our plans going forward. So a, a big thing that we're hearing right now in um, in more the hospitality sector is just the the um, poor quality of choice, essentially, when it comes to uh, these rest- sorry <laughs> these restaurants and chefs um, trying to find suppliers for fresh fruit and veg. Um, and you know, it's really difficult for them when they're, when they're, you know, when they're paying customers who want high quality food and they just can't find it. So that was something that we're looking to address right now is, is just being able to offer, you know, these chefs and restaurants, but, but more importantly, the people that eat there, um, the highest quality food that's possible. So we're on track with that right now. Everything's going great at the pilot site. Um, it's a really interesting little, uh, office space we have right now, where we're experimenting with, um, Different aeroponics and uh, NFT setups. Um, that's sort of lending itself to the to the third point you just mentioned there with the um, with the uh, off-world stuff that we're looking into. Uh, but bringing it back a bit, we're we're, we're sort of reaching capacity uh, where we're at right now, which is mm-hmm. always always a good problem to have. So we're so we're, we're actively looking right now to expand our operations and be able to um, you know tr- truly evolve into Manchester's uh, first. Um, large-scale vertical farm okay. and then with the aims of that you know always having there's always that r d element so a big passion of mine is, is the space side of things so mm. when i left the army uh for six years in infantry i didn't really know what to do with my life so uh, i was kind of seeing where things were going and you know that's where i stumbled across renewable energy and i sort of went down that path for a few years uh, as a solar pv designer um so really got working with off-grid sites and energy and how to manage energy in efficient ways. And always in the back of my mind was the space side of things. So I was really passionate about space and the idea of off-world colonization and exploration. Mm-hmm. So in my head, it's always a pie chart when it comes to that And so a part of that pie chart is you know, how we're going to breathe, how we're going to sleep, how we're going to drink. But a big part, big part of that pie chart for me is, is the food, how we're going to eat. So I thought I'd tackle that problem. So, mm-hmm really passionate about trying to find ways, you know, to, to sustain and calm these off world, you know, and not have to rely on resupply from earth. So mm. the, that, thirst, that third phase that you mentioned w- 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 is a big thing for us right now. It's it's always going to be running a parallel with everything we're doing. So a, a lot of time and energy is going into the R&D side and expanding uh, the engineering team here at Aztec Farms. Mm-hmm.
0: So what is it that got you on this journey to creating Manchester's first vertical
1: farm? Oh, well, I'd say since leaving the army, I was always passionate about starting my own business. Um, really loved just the thrill of it, you know, just, just pouring in 90 plus hours a week into something just feels really good. Mm-hmm. So um, I quite enjoy that myself. I know it's a bit strange to say to say mm-hmm. that when you when, when you you know when when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you think about is work, and then you fall asleep to think about work too. I, I kind of love that. Mm. <laughs> so I was always really passionate to start my own thing. Um, and again it was it was always it's going to be um it was always going to be space focused so yeah. th- that was a big part of that but um also you know um I'm I'm uh, from Canada myself but I've been living in the UK for the last year and a half with my fiance and you know th- there's there's three issues that you know I've, I'm coming across a lot here in the UK and and it's one the, that we're trying to address is climate change Brexit and um COVID-19 so the three of those have really come together and affected the the food security of the U.K. Essentially, you know, um, food supply chains are an issue. Um, Currently, the U.K. imports 44% of all its fruit and veg. And most of those territories and countries where they come from are high risk areas of climate change impacts. There's also a study that was released a few weeks ago, um, highlighting all, if not or uh, most, if not all uh, of the rivers in the U.K. currently have high levels or are higher than normal levels of um pollution and and chemicals found in them so you know and that's all from that's mostly from traditional forms of agriculture uh and all all the uh, monoculture um harvesting that they do there so you know there's a lot of things like that that i see and uh the solution to me is vertical farming so the idea of just growing food for cities inside of cities um Mm. just makes a lot of sense in my mind and you know just um being able to 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 continue with what we're doing you know as, as a growing population worldwide you know we, we have to feed those people and always that famous stat mm-hmm. the vertical farming that by 2050 there's 9.7 billion people so we have to incre- increase our agriculture production by 70 percent between now and then and you know a big part of that's going to be vertical farming i believe we have to yeah. really find solutions to feed growing populations in, in a better way than what we've done in the past mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, So for those unaware, how does vertical farming and hydroponics
1: work? Oh, of course. Um, so vertical farming, I'll just sort of start the big picture then go small. Um, so the big picture, it's, it's just the idea of these sort of plant factories where you can have full controlled environment agriculture. So it's commonly referred to as CEA and you can control the environment of a facility. So if you imagine a big, Fifty thousand square foot warehouse, um, like a Costco, always comes to mind for me. Um, it's a big, big warehouse building, and you're re- and You're able to grow food on stacked up on these racks, and you control the light, you control the temperature, the humidity, the nutrients that these plants get, and you can have this full environment where you don't need pesticides, you don't need um, any herbicides or, or dangerous chemicals or preservatives. And you can grow this food anywhere in the world. So it's the idea of, you know, feeding a city like, such so, so as Manchester with, you know, a vertical farm right next door, supplying all the, you know, tons and tons of fruit and veg that a city like this would need uh, throughout the year. And you can grow, and like the possibilities are really endless. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on right now, um, in the world of um, uh, plant science and and, and uh, like the biology side of things. You know, seeing how we can make food you know grow shorter and yield more fruits and, and uh and and such like, like that um and yes, yeah, there's a lot of interesting things going on, on on the biology side but also the engineering side so these these farms you know we can make them super clean environments um you know we don't even need people in them a lot of them not a lot of them but there's quite a few right now who are investigating the auto, the automated side so there's a lot of automation research going on right now and uh, you know, having these fully sterile rooms, which were only entered by robots. They do all the, all the uh, propagation, all the harvesting, all the watering, all done fully automated. So, you, mm. so, so, so Yeah, so you can r- really bring down the, the risk of disease and just improve the efficiency and, uh, and improve the forecasting. Really, you know, you can, you can go to uh, large supermarket chains or you can go to city councils and say, you know what, I can provide you X, X tons of food per month and i can guarantee that and you know I, I quite um enjoyed watching that uh jeremy clarkson program on farming what was that, what was that one called again uh, oh, is uh it clarkson's farm yeah yeah that one yeah mm. really great picture into the world of agriculture and the world mm-hmm. of farming um i, I don't know if, if, if you've seen it yourself luke but um yeah it, it really paints a picture of how difficult it is and how susceptible everything is to weather and to rain and to, and you have no control you're just as a farmer, you're just constantly fighting the elements. There's tool, mm. you know, we've advanced a lot in the last 5,000, 6,000 years of agriculture, if not more. Um, but you're always fighting the elements. So yeah. here we're trying to build an environment where we control the elements. Mm. So we can, we can better predict the final the final outcome.
0: Yeah. So I think one the things that you mentioned has been the benefits. So you talked about not having any what, pesticides or any herbicides, which have been shown to but have a negative effect both on humans themselves, but also on the wider environment. So what leaking into rivers and other bodies of water, which may then, well, maybe it's like a vicious cycle in that the more pesticides we're spraying, the more they're leaching uh, or leaking even into our mm-hmm. water systems. And then the more they're coming straight back into our foodstuffs. And you know these may, we'll be having quite a bit of, um, an impact on people's healths and livelihoods, so uh, besides that, uh, what are the other benefits from what this form of vertical farming as opposed to traditional agriculture
1: Of course, yeah so there's all the sort of the, the, the health benefits uh, benefits sorry of what you just mentioned like the opposite essentially you know we can really get rid of all those uh, harmful pesticides and chemicals and preservatives and The other stuff is, you know, we can really target uh, greenhouse gas emissions from reducing food miles. To go back to where I said, you know, a large portion of um, the UK's fruit and veg comes from far away, essentially, you know, where we can't, you know, you can't grow bananas and all these more tropical fruit and vegetables, you know, in this sort of climate traditionally, traditional agriculture. So those foods Mm -hmm. have to be currently flown in and that's loads of uh, what's termed as food miles, such as that's just, you know, transporting in this huge supply chains all around the world um that, that um are the foundation of that of, of the of um getting food to the uk so what it's what vertical farming allows you to do is, is you know back to the earlier thing i said is growing food for cities inside of cities so mm-hmm. you know you can really set up multiple farms across the country and 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 satisfy the entire need of the uk you know now and looking forward
0: mm-hmm.
1: by by growing the food in vertical farms and you know the, the there's huge popularity now in plant-based diets um getting more away from the 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 main dairies and the main meats and stuff like that so that's something that's growing as well so you know we can we can really look to make a more sustainable um just feed people more sustainably overall because you can reduce greenhouse emissions from people cutting on meat and dairy and then you can supplement that with vertically farmed soybeans in the future it's not really a thing right now but you know in the future we can Mm. do those sort of things and you know you can just really make food more sustainable and just more futuristic essentially it's, it's the way that future populations have to feed themselves in sustainable ways and that's not what we're doing right now so there's, there's us where we are now there's where we want to be and we need to figure out ways of, of getting to where we want to be and there's, there's a lot of things all come into that but the one of the big ones i believe is vertical farming and the idea of just growing food for cities inside of cities
0: yeah, well, I'm yeah very supportive of this localized production. Um, so as you say, there's a, what, a lot of carbon emissions from food miles and from shipping food here, there, and everywhere. And another what be positive that I see from the localized production of food is the how it extends maybe the shelf life of food. So, what once it's been what as you say being picked, be it in Egypt, in Morocco, in Spain, or elsewhere, then from the time it gets from out of the ground to the actual like shelf in the supermarket and then eventually on your plate that, that takes maybe let's say between anywhere between three to like 10 days depending on the different processes it might have mm-hmm. to go through and I don't know when when you're buying fruit and veg from the supermarket you're going the majority of it will say that it's from, as you say, from South America, from Africa, from Asia, from what the more sunnier parts of Europe, and I don't know. I'm, I'd like to see it. I'd like to go in and maybe see, as you say, going to supermarket and see grown in Manchester or grown in this town or this city or this mm-hmm. I don't know, locality. And I don't know. Um.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like the the there's there's a few different parts of the absolute, there's, you know, there's, there's the sustainable side of the food, there's, um, the emission side, but the, the, the third thing, uh, exactly what you're saying there is, is just the improved quality. So, um, you know, it, it's sometimes not even, you know, days we're talking about, we're talking about weeks and months, sometimes it takes food to get from, from point A to point, you know, point C point D, you know, which is end up like, you're, you're going to be your, uh, your plate for dinner. So mm. th- those miles, you know take time it you know they, they can't happen instantly so yeah you exactly that's when you're bringing in preservers and stuff and the food just gets older whereas you know vertically farmed food um i encourage you just go out there and try it you know the, the the quality and the flavors that you get and the nutrition is so much higher in stuff mm. that's grown locally to you um it just it just you, you can't even compare it um and there's loads of people right now looking into um you know different strains of tomatoes and stuff like that and you know saying how can we grow it you know more local in, in vertical farm and mm-hmm. you know they're they're really saying you know that, that there's two types of tomatoes there's one that can travel thousands of miles or there's one that and or, or the other one is you know one that's local and tastes great you know you can have one or the other uh, which yeah. is a quote a quote i quite like um so the, yeah it's it's really about improving the food quality which in the end improves the nutrition of it and just makes people healthy overall so we're we're really looking at the sustainability of the environment, you know, tackling climate change, soaring out food security in the form of reducing, you know, the supply chains, and 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 you know, all those come together and to offer people a better, healthier option for food.
0: Yeah, and what speaking about what sustainability and climate change and what, being able to provide food for the people, um, I think uh, another. Maybe important thing that I've considered is you know, when it comes to all these different natural crises that come about. So let's say there was a lot of flooding, there was know, an earthquake or just any natural disaster which would have which would affect normal um, agricultural and traditional farming methods. If you've got these what, vertical farms, if they're either in warehouses or if they're underground or if, if they're even more localised than that, if it gets to a point where um, you've got your own little self in your own house, in your own basement or what have you, mm-hmm. then all of these issues about supply chains that we've seen in the past two years with COVID or with that ship being stuck in um, the Suez Canal, I think a lot of these issues have been alleviated because... You wouldn't have to worry about that. You could literally go go downstairs, pick the food that you need for the day or go to your local vertical farm and collect it. And I don't know, maybe a a lot, it'd help improve food security, not only in this country, but maybe elsewhere in that all these countries that are having to provide food for um, the the more deemed developed countries or the the global north, as it were, or the west, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of these countries themselves may, may be struggling when it comes to providing for the people within their own countries. I mean, we we in this country today struggle to put food on some people's tables, and I think that mm-hmm. um, that shouldn't be the case, especially when we've got so much food waste and we've got so much um, what fast food that we're spending our money on. We've got yeah, so many yeah. different I don't know food food that's being wasted and money being wasted, and if mm-hmm we could develop these vertical farms not only in cities, but in towns and in villages and uh, closer to people's homes, then I don't think, I think the worries about where the next meal's going to come from would be, if not eradicated, then certainly alleviated. And I think that that's quite, that's an important thing to me because I know the more necessities and essentials that can be provided for cheaper and locally, than the high quality of life an individual can have, not having to stress and not have to worry about, yeah, where where the next, where the next meal is coming from, essentially.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so so vertical farming is, it's a bit of a term that means a lot of different things to different people, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, if you look at it from a bit more uh, of the big picture, there's it's called just urban agriculture in general. Mm-hmm. So that you know, there's there's you know, the vertical farming is sort of a, a part of that, and it's a bit, bit of a loose term. You know, you get plant factories, which is what is what more what Aztec Farms is going to be focusing on but the plant factory side of things. You know, that sort of a scale and goes all the way down to just allotments and rooftop gardens. And mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people, a lot of companies in the space right now doing covering that whole scale from, you know shipping container farms which can be dropped off in local communities um, as, as you're saying you know that, that don't have access to um, fresh food or um, stuff like that or you know there's even companies looking at, at you know little mini vertical farming solutions you know that will fit in your kitchen or in your basement um, so there's a lot of different companies tackling this problem but yeah no you're, you're 100% right you know the idea is you know that big picture urban agriculture is going to be something with due. to incorporate to really you know bring down food waste bring down the cost of food and offer you know just higher quality produce to more people which 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 should be the goal for for everybody involved really mm-hmm. and um you know it's, it's it's something that i'd say probably in the last decade has changed so much um you know if you fast forward to 2011 or sorry go back to 2011 mm-hmm. um you know it's a completely different picture i'm sure there's a lot less people talking about this um to where we are now sorry we're in 2022 now sorry mm. uh, 20 in uh, 2012 you know it was a different picture so know yeah. so it's, i'd say like you know people are starting to realize that a lot more um and a bit, go, go a bit into my background into like solar pv design you know the term that was used in energy world was like distributed uh, generation so the idea of you know you have a whole town that relied on the grid and that grid that one grid goes down then you have problems so, you know you incorporate this distributed generation solar panels and mini wind turbines and battery storage and you can really make you know these pockets which were independent of each other and you know in the event of a blackout where the main grid would fail you know you have these communities and you know even community projects that came together and made big utility scale solar solar installations with battery storage and all these sort of ideas so you know i think we're really starting to see that the shift from the monopolizing of stuff and you know this, this, this draws into the whole web 3 <laughs> and then, like all the sort of all these sort of discussions as well you know we're really shifting mm-hmm. away from those monopolies into d- distributed you know um, ownership into the public actually yeah like decentralization in
0: that yeah aspect. exactly
1: yeah that's what we're looking for thing
0: yeah um so what produce do you currently grow and could vertical farming be extended to grow pretty much anything and everything?
1: Yeah, so Aztec Farms right now, um, in in a pilot site, what we're doing right now, we're experimenting, we're, we're doing a lot of experimenting because it, it is essentially a pilot site. Mm-hmm. And our, our focus right now is on microgreens um, because, you know, we've sort of identified a market for that here in Manchester. Um, all the chefs we speak to, you know, they're telling us whole sailors who supply that, but the quality is garbage. Um, they'll get a, and then, then they're like playing playing the game with a chasing the suppliers junk get refunds. and um, mm-hmm. it is not a good day for anybody and chefs don't have that kind of time. so but we have identified that sort of market in the city here. Um, and that's been going really well. We have loads of chefs on board right now who just love our product, love the quality, love the flavors and the yeah, and just the the higher nutrition that we can achieve. So we offer them really high quality microgreens currently. And then again, there's always stuff in parallel going with that. So in parallel, we have, um, the R and D into the, uh, aerona aeroponic systems right now, um, there's some space stuff, which I'm always, always going to be working on, but, uh, I can't be talking about that too much. I do apologize, but, um, That's okay. We can, we yeah, can delve into yeah, the space stuff. So, <laughs> no worries. Yeah. And then what we're, what we're looking into is, um, expanding to our next facilities. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, 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 have, you know, our, our sort of phase two expansion um coming along shortly but again like constantly there's there's, we're, we're not looking you know as i said we're not looking you know what's happening next year we're looking you know three five ten fifteen years down the road so we have loads of plans coming up for expansion you know, to, to to look into um growing different stuff um there's a really great uh, youtube videos out there um by a channel called uh exacognition mm-hmm. i don't know if you ever stumble across those they sort of really go into um
0: exacognition.
1: Yeah, it's a channel run by um, Steven Pankhurst, mm-hmm. uh, and he's a Northwest-based um, uh, process engineer, sorry, process engineer, and he's really passionate about vertical farming, so I've um, been, been having some great discussions with him, uh, you know, and, and he really outlines, he really does a great job outlining the four different phases of, you know, of where we're at right now, so it's uh, the, the leafy greens and transitioning more to the berries and, you know, finishing off with um, the staple crops and, you know, your grains and soybeans and that sort of stuff, which, you know, we're not there yet. It's not, it doesn't make economical sense, mm-hmm. but, you know, that, that's sort of the idea. So, yeah, I, I think all companies are really, um, they really, they, you know, they understand, you know, what's what's out there, what do people want and what can, you know, what's, what's easy to do right now. Um, I think there's loads of companies who have really, smashed uh that leafy green market um (laughs) it's it's going to be it's going to turn into a a race to the bottom on that pretty soon Mm. um so so i think people right now um and there's you know a handful of companies in the uk right now alone looking at all right what's the next step what's what's what can we do next so we're definitely part of that picture right now and trying to figure out what the next steps are
0: nice you reckon you'll get to a point where uh, you can grow tangerines for example because I'm a big tangerine fan and if yeah. I get a tangerine that was what grown in my local city in my local town in my local village then I'd do I don't know I'd die
1: a happy man yeah no so so um yeah so there's the, the specific companies looking at specific things um and they're all really great uh but I I think it's going to be a lot of effort put into the biology side and the plant science side of, 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 questions like that, of, you know, can I grow stuff that grows on trees, mm-hmm. you know, down to 30, 40 centimeters and still have it fruit and still have it produce high yield. And at the, at the end of the day, it still make economic sense. Like can I make a business and survive off that? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, you know, that, that sort of stuff is, is, on the horizon, I'd say people are looking into that sort of stuff, but we're still probably a well ways away from that because you know, even myself, you know, with the engineering background and more of the science coming at it from all the science way, a lot of learning I'm doing right now is on the biology side. So, um, yeah, you know, horticulture itself is growing things, and you know, you start to learn that, oh, okay, well, you know, it's all about edible mass percentages, you know, uh, ahead of lettuce, you know, it's made you know, you eat 90. 90 Percent, ninety percent plus of that vegetable, so you know you can grow that really quickly, and then you know you can eat it, and it makes sense because you can grow them in thirty days um, in um, in hydroponics. And then we start if you you know if you took a, t- a tangerine for example, um, you know you have to grow you know the seed has to grow in the roots, and then the the tree would have to grow, the bark has to grow, uh, the leaf, the branches have to grow, the leaves have to grow, those leaves have to fruit, and the edible mass percentage of that. I don't, I don't. I don't. think i will see a tangerine tree in a while, but um, yeah. I, I assume it's like it'll be like five percent of that whole bio of that whole living organism. Five percent of it is edible mass. Mm. So, so you know, it might not make sense. You know, you might it might take you. I'll go ahead and say it might take you like a whole year, year and a half to grow that tree and for the fruit mm. on the second year. Um, and then you have you know then you can go to Tesco's and Sainsbury's and see a five thousand pound tangerine on the shelf. <laughs> so. But again it's like a, the, you know <laughs> that's the work that needs to be done now I really believe you know, mm. because what Aztec farms wants to do is feed people off world and we don't want to feed people with salad mm. we want to, we won't be able to grow food so it's I think the r and d is happening now and then mm-hmm. there's a point where we where there's a volume and there's a supply and demand and it, it'll make sense eventually but I don't think we're there yet uh yeah. I say that the biggest the biggest area of research right now is, is um the berries i think a lot of people are looking at the berries right now i think we've we're just at the cusp of that right now we're, we're, we're mm-hmm. strawberries blueberries blackberries i think those are, are right now people are putting a lot of money into r&d mm-hmm. to get those onto on, on supermarket shelves interesting uh, so the what well, so you sell
0: microgreens and leaf vegetables how much is it Costing, so let's say I want to go and buy some. How much would it cost me to buy some, what microgreens or some leafy vegetables?
1: So what we're doing right now, again, uh, our main customers are. We're working with um, the higher end chefs in the city. We're mm-hmm. currently expanding into some su- some, some uh, supermarkets as well. So we're, we're in discussions right now with with them with that. Uh, but again, like we're we're literally we're one year old. We're, we're a one year old startup. Um, and we've, we've, we've just been, you know, it's just been like going crazy. Honestly, it's just been going so fast. Uh, we're expanding so quickly all the time, which is great. It's a good problem to have, but, um, yeah, so what we're looking at right now is we're looking to be able to hopefully expand into, um, more independent supermarkets around the city, um, around maybe Q2 this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, yeah. Around Q2 this year, we're looking to be able to get in supermarkets and Currently like you can't, you know, there's no real solution at those kind of places, you know, for pea shoots and microcoriander coriander or Swiss chard, nasturtium, all these sorts of stuff. So we're going to be looking into doing um, the pun, the probably the punnets. So it's similar to what you see right now in supermarkets, but we actually, we actually just had our first market on the weekend to mm. sort of gauge local interest in what we're doing uh, here in uh, South Manchester um it was great we wish you uh, sold out completely uh so, so we're doing small little boxes of like mixed microgreens for three pounds and just, mm. just just allowing people to try the different flavors and and see the see the different um you know different colors different, yeah different uh unique flavors everything from that you know spicy you know mustard wasabis all the way to like sweeter like uh, pea shoots which have like really sweet um sugar pea flavors mm. nice Three pounds—that sounds,
0: well, yeah, an accessible price to pay. Um, and what well, I'm sure, you know, depending on, like, it might go up with inflation, but in the future, it might even go down when you, you know, when it's more efficient, on more sustainable, more yeah, yeah. on scale. Then I don't know. It'd be it, that'd be again one of the other positives from having more localized food production. I and mean, the prices should or ought to be lower in that the cost of having to ship it to and from um the farms to the supermarkets and then eventually to I don't know your plates should be a lot lower because what as opposed to traveling thousands of miles or hundreds of miles it's just traveling Mm -hmm. what 10 miles or something if that um Mm -hmm. yeah that'd be great no I think (laughs) it's exciting exciting time certainly um it is yeah
1: thank you (laughs) the uh really well yeah so so like one of the things too is just um you know a, a big thing of what we want to do is, is just have that positive social impact of the community as well. So we, we really want to be, you know, offering people who didn't have access to, you know, high quality, better tasting food. We want to show them what it's like, you know, lettuce shouldn't taste like it should on, on a, on a Big Mac, you know, there, there's better ways of doing it. Um, so we really want to be showing people um, that there's different solutions out there for, for healthy food and that it actually tastes nice. So uh, again, a big part of what we're doing is the X value, as you're saying is it's getting, getting everything we can do into the local community and, and mm-hmm. those people who haven't had the chance before to have this kind of high-quality food. Yeah, that's, that's a very commendable
0: thing to be doing. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you. So can you talk to me through the origin of Aztec farms in, the, in regards to the name? So is it in reference to what the Aztecs and their maybe innovative farming farm techniques? Day.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, again, I kind of like history. So um, again, I, I'll, I don't know the, the full history, but um, essentially when the Aztecs founded their first city, uh, which I won't try to pronounce, mm-hmm. they founded it on a lake. Um, mm. And this, essentially they, they had to come up with ideas, okay, how are we going to feed our city of people like on a lake essentially. Mm-hmm. So they came up with these uh, um, things called uh, chinapas, which are essentially floating garden so the, the, these flower beds that were floating on top of water and that four wooden logs in the four corners that went down into the the, the, bit, the, the bottom of the lake and would support a floating garden so that's how I did that very loose translation from floating gardens into vertical farming because you know things do grow mm-hmm. on the racks and they're sort of floating as well um, yeah. yeah so that's that's sort of where I got the inspiration for, for the name from from those uh Chinapas from the Aztecs
0: nice nice very cool
1: so in regards to
0: space stuff, what is it? What what has piqued your interest in I don't know, space and in being able to provide food for was it potential future uh, it planet colonizers or just general space explorers?
1: Um, I'd say I've always had a general interest in space. I'd say that was always something that really interested me, in. and, and and you know just, just over the last decade, seeing where things are going with uh, SpaceX. Uh, you know, just the fantastic stuff that they're doing, just making you know access to space cheaper. Um, mm. You know, there, there are the other companies, you know, the the Blue Origins and the the Virgin Galactic's, but uh, you know, from from an engineering point of view, um, those little those little up and down rockets they do, there's nothing there's nothing technical too technical behind that.
0: That's too impressive.
1: Mm. But you know, the stuff SpaceX is doing, um, especially you know the next few months when when Starship should hopefully launch, do its first launch. No, really exciting stuff and they're really dri- essentially driving down the price into space So that price per kilogram of center space is really going down
0: mm.
1: and you know and, and we're, you know in, in the future we're going to see um we're going to see um you know these, these new space stations orbiting around earth which will be you know science focused tourism focused you know you'll have hotels you'll have you know um, these r d labs up and up there which will be out for rent and you know you'll be a whole um I'm trying to think of the word right now. It'll be, be a whole space um what like a space industry. it will be, be, be a whole space industry, sorry, essentially. Yeah, space yeah. industry. Anyway, you know, it'll be it'll be you know, it'll be commercially viable to, to to set up your company in space. And you, know, you can do testing with new materials. Um I know there's big advancements right now in 3D and printing live organs up there because of the of the uh, zero gravity um mm. you can you can 3D print things better uh than you could here on Earth. And, and there's all of the all you know new materials that we're looking at and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's just the most exciting thing, really. You know, we we've sort of we've sort of done it all on um so I, I look at space as sort of like the do over, like we can we can go to space and do things better. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think, and, 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 you know, there's a lot of stuff up there that we can learn that can fix our problems down here as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, like, uh, you know, going back you know, a, a bit back, back down to myself, you know, Aztec Farms is here to grow food for people on earth and, you mm-hmm. know, provide food security here to the UK and abroad. Um, but the thing is, you know, we really want to be feeding people off world and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. keeping colonies alive and, you know, developing these growth systems, which will work anywhere, anywhere in, in the solar system, really um and I, I so many parts to that and there's so many dedicated people right now looking looking up to the stars and mm. you know who have these grand ideas and you know it's a really there's a great space for collaboration as well you know um i, I don't want spacex just because I, I love them but um you know mm. we, we'd love to collaborate with anybody um you know and you still have like the government agencies as well from nasa esa here in europe you know, there's a lot of collaboration, a lot of you know people who want to do a lot of good things, and you know, and we, a big thing is we're excited to be a part of that. You know, we we want to be driving that you know the whole human civilization forward and, and to better better places. Yeah. nice. Well, I'm a big
0: a big supporter of be space exploration with you uh, know, be it extending. Human civilization's future by establishing I know, communities outside of this planet, because know, any day we're at risk of being just wiped out by something out of the blue be it an asteroid, a solar flare, or just something that just catches us off, off guard. Whereas, again, if we've got a community established or a civilization established be it on the moon or on Mars or elsewhere, then mm-hmm. I don't know these worries be alleviated a bit. Uh, I've already spoken to uh, a guy called Cameron, who's the founder of this company called GearX, uh, which is working on these like renewable uh, energy generators, which use like electromagnetism and it just like, you know, it spins and he he wants to eventually work with like SpaceX or with Tesla. Um, so you know, I'm, it's, it's good to hear uh, another a fellow uh, space enthusiast um, who mm-hmm. uh, seems very motivated and inspired by the recent goings-on and developments in space and you know I'm looking I'm looking to the future and hoping that this development keeps going and uh, even though I am still a young person I remember even when I was younger just Looking up at the stars or looking at the moon and thinking, you know what?
1: Yeah,
0: I'd like to visit there one day. And I don't know. I think it may well become a reality mm-hmm. for more and more people to yeah,
1: yeah, to do that. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, I've similar stuff. <laughs> I can't wait to go up there one day. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> there are so many things that we can learn up there that just helps down here as well. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's the place to be right now. It's, <laughs> I think <laughs> this is, you know, 1493 right now, like we've just discovered, like when, when Columbus uh, discovered the Americas and, you mm. know, it, it's that time of excitement of, you know, like, wow, you know, there's so much possibility. Um, yeah. I think we're in one of those stages right now of we can look forward to um, a lot of great things happening over the next, over the next few decades. And, you know, um, is it happening faster than people think? You know, we're going to be mm-hmm. with all the Artemis missions right now with NASA and um, great stuff that they're doing. So, you know, it's we'll, we'll, we talk about it. People think that we're crazy, but, you know, all this stuff is only four or five years away, really, which is yeah, interesting so, to
0: see. I think what well, the world's going to look starkly different when it comes to 2030 because again all these different technologies are all um, developing exponentially at once so there's developments in be it web 3 the metaverse and then developments with rockets and space travel mm-hmm. but now developments in in farming and I don't know I'm, I'm certainly very excited to see what the future is in store for all of these things and especially all these new and developing technologies really yes yeah, same here <laughs> it's good to be a part of it I'd just like to delve into so you were in is it the army for was it six years you say seven years
1: uh, yes I was yes mm-hmm. uh, six years in the uh, infantry back in Canada
0: so uh, how was that uh, what, what was it like to be in the army yeah
1: it was it was um. Um. Interesting, to say the least. Um, interesting. <laughs> it was good, you know. Lot, well, lots of ups, lots of downs, but um, made some mm. great friends, and you, you know, you do do a lot of cool stuff that you, you, you know, you you, know, you sort of uh, dreamed of as a kid. Like I, I grew up on, on a military base. Like my father was in the military as well, and so was his father mm. before him, and that sort of. sort of story (laughs) um Mm -hmm. so let's do uh creative creative on my part but uh yeah you joined it um a lot of good stuff uh didn't end up going anywhere unfortunately but uh Mm -hmm. uh, um you know it's it's it was um a lot of excitement followed by a lot of boredom yeah sweeping floors and then Mm. you know and then the next day wrote on like grenade range throwing or like yeah or w- one week you're just at the gym the whole time and then the next week you're out on exercise in like an armored vehicle and you're i was like operating the uh turret in a lab six uh light armored uh, vehicle a certain point where your mind breaks and you you learn about that you learn a lot about yourself and that little interesting gap between the two mm. um but yeah so that was great and then um you know Hit six years um, and thought, you know, I just needed a new challenge, something that um, yeah. was
0: different.
1: Yeah, because you know, it's n- a lot of um, stupidity <laughs> that goes on. In the most <laughs> band to scream at people for work a hat if you're wearing gloves at the same time, and you know, you're 22, 23 years old, and you're like, why is somebody screaming at me for this? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was, it was quite uh, diverse. <laughs> yeah, put it that
0: way. Nice, nice. All the, all the um, <laughs> so, I think and to, to conclude, um, I'd just like you to, uh, more of a, a general question. Um, I don't want this to you yeah. know, be too much of a, uh, maybe, maybe not too much thought. Well, yeah, put some thought into it, but not too, I don't know, don't stress about it too much. But have you got, or could you make some predictions for what, uh, what the world will look like or what will happen? By uh, the year 2050.
1: The year 2050. Mm. So, yeah, a little less than 30 years left. Mm -hmm. I think you'll see. I really think by 2030, you're you're really going to see climate change affecting a lot of areas. And and you know, a lot of people don't really understand what climate change is. They think, oh, it's bad for the planet, like. The plan doesn't give a shit like <laughs> the planet's fine it's it's humanity that'll suffer um mm-hmm. you know the the, the planet will be fine it'll just can be fine um but you're going to do failed crops you're going to see a lot more wars over you know natural resources and in, in, in there's more, more basic ones like access to fresh water and natural gas and stuff like that yeah so i, I think you're going to see probably the next 15 years of of struggle and um turmoil and we sort of have two options. We either have to come together and, and find find the best solution to tackle those, you know, as, as humans should be, you know, as what we can achieve, or mm-hmm. we sort of conquer all the problems divided and the world falls apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and maybe, you know, we send, colony, you know, maybe by 2040, we're, selling, we're sending colony ships off world to go to go hit, hit that refresh button I talked about and go yeah. and go try again somewhere else. Mm. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I really think the next fifteen years are really decisive in in, in what the world look a, will look like by twenty fifty because, by twenty fifty, and it's just are we going to do it together, tackle the problems, or are we going to ignore the problems? Um. Mm. See what it will look like. Uh, going. If it's a bit too bleak, but uh. <laughs> no. I mean, I think
0: it's it's bleak, but it's, I don't know, the, uh, the positive. It's the, the can-do attitude in that, yes, this is the you know, the negative world that we could go to, but there is a lot of potential to um, not only prevent this, some of this negativity, but also alleviate it mm-hmm. and maybe create a better and a brighter future, not only for ourselves, but for you know, what future generations, not only in this country, yeah, exactly. but globally. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe looking yeah, at no, it with a more exactly. positive yeah. note.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And like, you know, 3,000 years ago and, you know, yeah. 3,000 years isn't that long of a time because you really think about it. And just mm-hmm. or like, like even 100 years ago, you look, 100 years ago where we are, to where, where we are now, like, you know, we can achieve amazing things that, you know, mm-hmm. even today we can't think is possible. Yeah. So You know, we, 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 you know as, as humans, and, you know, and, and, and that's what we all are, we can do great stuff and, you know, uh, just by pulling together and, and you know focusing on, on the common good of, of what humans can achieve. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think that's a perfectly positive note to end on. Perfect. <laughs> good to hear.